0: Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Big Country Wednesday episode here, Uh, I feel like we're what, we're like a week into this thing?
1: A week and a day, We've
0: finally hit the stall where there's not really a whole lot to talk about (laughs) today, but we will go over some of our fantasy players, who killed us in week one, who are some players that we should have targeted, there's some injury news. The NFL has come out said they're going to announce some things with hard knocks. We're going to go over some of these coaching positions in college football with the with the firing of uh, Clay Helton. Already didn't think this is something we would have to do until like November or December, but here we are in the end of September. And also uh, our Kansas City Royals making some news with some new uh, stadium plans. But let's do get into these fantasy football players to start off the show. Uh, I I was pretty happy with my fantasy draft. There were a lot of guys that I targeted, but I'll tell you, this week, one of the guys who just who killed my team was Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. He was my first overall pick, a guy that I was very excited about and was just waiting for him to fall to me in round one. Mm-hmm. That nervous feeling of, is he, is he going to make it to me? Is he going to fall to me? And then he did, and I excitedly picked him up. He got me like three points this week in fantasy. And I feel like there are a lot of other fantasy football owners out there who uh, were in the same boat as me that, you know, they were looking to grab him or maybe you're a Green Bay Packer fan and you were able to snatch him up early and then their struggles. I'm not like he's not on the trade block, but I'm a little bit nervous about this Green Bay offense and Aaron Jones.
1: I mean, I'm just worried about whoever I drafted in terms of fantasy because this list of the fantasy players that ruined your team, Out of the list of eight, I think four of these guys are on my teams.
0: I threw a couple guys up there in the rundown just to see, like, "Eh, who's there? The running back position is just so hard to predict, and it's almost boom or bust. Yeah.
1: It seems like Especially week to week. I mean, here in week one, like, the guy right here on top of the list, Ezekiel Elliott. I was able to get him in a league or two, and I was like, okay, perfect. Real high on the guy. A lot of hope that he's going to do really good. Well, myself included, everyone, all of us. Yeah. Dak's back. Zeke's yeah. going to have a big year. Exactly. Not in week one. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Bob, let's, kinda, let's do a little bit more in week two. What do we say? But and, it was it's just one of those deals where the Cowboys were constantly fighting to get back into the game and just be in the game where it makes sense that you just can't run the football.
0: It, well, and how about this one, too? Because with Zeke, a lot of people have been preaching, like, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, too. Like He's solid mm-hmm. catching the ball in the backfield. Dak threw the ball 58 times. Last week, last Thursday against the Bucks, Break my heart. Zeke had, I believe it was two catches. I'm like scrambling trying to look it up. I think he had two catches in that game. So he was like, you, you're going to throw the ball 58 times <laughs> and only two of them were to, Dak, or, sorry, were to Ezekiel Elliott. He had 11 that's carries <laughs> for 33 yards. So that's not going to cut it for you. He had two catches for six yards.
1: I mean, I think Dak's just telling us like, hey, I like to throw the football. I know Zeke can catch it. I'm not throwing it to him sideways. If he ain't yeah. down the field, he ain't going to get it.
0: I mean, they're just, they're chucking the ball deep. <laughs>
1: are or at they least though? they were
0: in week one. That One of the big problems with fantasy football for me is that I do overreact to week one a lot of times. So, so the two running backs that we're talking about here, Zeke Elliott and Aaron Jones, there have been times before where I've had guys like this or like a Saquon Barkley. They don't perform well in week one, and I've thrown them on the bench, only to be just completely burned by them the next week. Oh, I threw
1: I threw Saquon, and he's on this list as well. I threw him on my bench. He's getting ready to go play Washington for this coming week. Ain't messing with that. I think See, it's Thursday night. Like they play the Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, they match play up. tomorrow night. And it was like, coming off an ACL, didn't get very much, didn't get very many touches. Excuse me, in week one against the Broncos. Sure as hell not gonna expect him to just go off all of a sudden on a Thursday night in week two. Mm-mm. You almost have to ride or die with your running backs.
0: Yeah, and like that's those a guys tough that you thing. draft in the first round. For most people, you know, you get those guys. You You kind of have to, but it it will. It'll kill you if they're bad. The running back position in fantasy sports is more important than any position in any other sport. Like real football, quarterback, (laughs) running back's more important in fantasy football than a quarterback is in real football.
1: And it's just crazy because it took me forever to get that, to figure that out in terms of fantasy. Like I never had a strategy, and I say this about like, Two years ago, when I first started hanging out with you guys and doing like it was a part of your fantasy league, I should say that I was I was just doing fantasy football for just shits and giggles, right? Like yeah. oh hey, I'm doing it's a little it fun thing, not, not real expecting to win. Yep, and all of a sudden it's like okay, hey, you got to figure this out. And I realized the difference was everybody took running backs in round one, and I'm over here just taking receivers. Yeah, and then I realized like okay, you can get value out of these receivers later in rounds, but you got to get running backs now because I always find myself on getting the second stringers, but I'd have great receivers, well, they're also very inconsistent in week-to-week on who they're playing and if they're going to have a big yep. week or not. It took me a little bit to figure that out. Yeah, I like
0: to pat myself on the back because back when we were doing radio, we did like our fantasy football preview. And we were talking a lot about it, and I said, I'm going to take two tight ends. I had the 12th pick mm-hmm. in our draft. I said, I'm going to take two tight ends. Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Boy, if you would have been able to do Jeez. that. <laughs> Sheesh. If I could have got those two fellas, like, that was my whole draft strategy. And I, I think too many of our friends and fellow fantasy football guys were listening because they weren't available for me to draft. Like, <laughs> I was going to pull the trigger on them, and I couldn't. But, I mean, those two tight ends look like they're going to be key fantasy pieces. I, I think they really helped out a lot of people. This week in fantasy as well. Obviously, we talked about Darren Waller yesterday. He had 19 targets. I don't think that was a fluke. Like, no. uh, will he see 19 targets again? That's tough. But will I mean, he see
1: you know 10, 12 every week? That's what I was gonna say. 12 or 13 <laughs> up there is like at, he's going to see double digit targets every single week.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And you know he's got the catch radius to bring a lot of those in. It was week one. I think the Raiders still looked a little bit rough. But even with a guy like Darren Waller. You know he's going to eat. He's going to see a lot of catches. It's probably, I mean, it's probably too late for people to try to acquire him. But, man, if I even had, like, a good receiver and I could go out and get Darren Waller for him, I would. You can find that production at receiver. Yeah. You know, you can find, uh, you know, even C.D. Lamb was, like, the number two receiver on his team. And he still went for over 100 yards in a touchdown. And
1: it's like we all forgot about Gallup still being a receiver on the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he had a pretty good game himself. Now he's down with an injury. Mm-hmm. But he was one of those guys where he starts to go off in the game. It's like, man, nobody talked about him this offseason. Amari yeah. like,
0: Cooper with the Cowboys exactly. as well.
1: <laughs> a huge uh, game. Going back to the Raiders, though, I, I'm that's a team and an offense that I want to keep an eye on throughout the year. And I'm saying it here so I can make sure that I do so and people can hold me honest to it, because I think if Darren Waller is going to be getting that many targets like we expect, week in and week out, that is going to open up the offense for a Henry Ruggs, a Hunter Renfro underneath, and then Brian Edwards deep. I mean, that guy almost had a game-winning touchdown pass, right? Now, he had some other opportunities that he was missed, but this guy being compared to T.O. and Randy Moss, I think is still laughable, but it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, that's a downfield target, yeah, that the Raiders could have, and if it all revolves around Darren Waller, which we've seen with Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, those other pieces are just going to kind of be able to eat in the open field. So that's something I definitely yeah. want to keep an eye on with them.
0: And he had four catches for 81 yards. I feel like all of them were in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, for I sure.
0: <laughs> don't know if that's a fact. I think it but might it be. felt like <laughs> like late third quarter, fourth quarter overtime, where it felt like he did most of his work. Henry Ruggs still seems like a just such a work in progress. On route running and hands
1: and it's such a raiders pick to just take the speed when they had a cd Lamb and a justin jefferson there and yeah. do you think here's a question for you because i was talking to a buddy of mine the other day Treese, and he goes of course the raiders take kenny rex and i was like well they only want speed he's like just imagine if they would have got you know those other guys and i said yeah but just think they're going to force feed those two where defenses know that's the only guy that they can cover because there's not, there's really nothing else to worry about on the offense aside from Darren Waller that we would be looking at Henry Ruggs somewhere else with that speed going, wow, they use him right. Why didn't the Raiders take him? So I just feel like whoever the Raiders take at receiver, it just it wouldn't have mattered.
0: But they don't really have the support system around any of those receivers. So even if they would have grabbed – CeeDee like, Lamb CeeDee Lamb is going to be the focal point of every defense And they're just they, going to
1: force feed him like they did mm-hmm. Waller. It's like 50-50 balls That's all he's getting yeah.
0: I, I think it's a little early to like claim him a bust Or be like, oh man, what would have happened If they would have taken these other guys The other guys haven't been very good either Well, CeeDee Lamb has been solid mm-hmm. I, I think that he had a solid season But even if the Raiders would have taken him He's the only receiving option there as well. Yeah, and Justin There's Jefferson still be had a, a lot of good, pressure on him.
1: He had a good rookie year, but it's kind of I one love of those,
0: Justin Jefferson. It's like do it again, though. I think Adam Thielen that offense really helped open up things for him. even. Yep. And, you know, I I think maybe it was on the podcast or when we were doing radio, we talked about how you know that offense Thielen and Jefferson Jefferson really opened up things for each other. And it felt like as soon as you were focusing on one, the other one would have a huge game. You know, Adam Thielen like quietly had like eighteen touchdown receptions last year. Mm-hmm. Like I know that he didn't have like the yards and the catches and all that, but I mean, dude was still just lights out and had another big week uh, too. He's one of those guys that I put on the stars of the week uh, because he was like you drafted him. I know in our fantasy league we're able to get him very late and he had another really good. Week one performance, that I got kind of
1: laughed at. They're like, "You're taking Adam Thielen." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I think so."
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think that he's another one of those guys that you probably at least keep an eye on. I you could probably get him in a trade, uh, or maybe even next year. You know, just looking at these guys of he kind of falls in the draft, but he's actually pretty damn good every year. And or how about another guy that hurts you? I looking at these running backs. You mentioned Saquon. Earlier. Mm-hmm. You're not even starting him going into this next week. Uh, another guy that I love as a player, but I didn't know how well he was going to perform on the field was uh, Najee Harris. I
1: mean, he played every offensive snap for the Steelers. If, I, Again, if I'm
0: right, let me pat myself on the back here. I said I'm avoiding all Pittsburgh Steelers offensive players. The running back position, I was right. Yeah, Najee <laughs> went it first round in a lot of mm-hmm. drafts.
1: This was the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of this year. <laughs> so far. And I know that because mm-hmm. I got burned with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. Exactly. I bought into the hype, and I was like, I'm not doing it this year.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's so crazy. That's what makes fantasy football so fun. You know, even we have a pretty competitive league. We have a lot of guys who are really like, really know what they're talking about. But I've also seen leagues where, like, somebody auto-drafted it and it was very successful. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get those guys who, uh, you know, there are a couple in our league. They really don't know what they're doing, but they'll draft, like, based with their heart. So And th- it pans out for
1: them sometimes. Over, it's such a
0: crapshoot. It's it's ridiculous.
1: Over Labor Day weekend, I went and visited some family in Idaho, and they were just like, hey, let's do a fantasy league. So Sunday afternoon, we're all just chilling around in the Airbnb, and we just do a live fantasy draft right then and there. And there's one of these grandmas that's doing it, and she ain't got a fantasy football and idea. Her team scored the most points this last week, and yep. I was just, holy smokes. Good for her. That's the beauty of fantasy football. So when people say, oh, I just really don't know football, it doesn't matter. Beginner's luck is a real thing. It's like the fantasy football gods knows. Like, this person doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's help them out. And they help. get all the right players.
0: I used to teach. I used to be a fifth-grade teacher. And I used to do, like, fun activities surrounding football. And I would always do like a class vote on the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And one of the last years that I was teaching, it was the Patriots and the Eagles. And all these little fifth graders were like, duh, Patriots are going to win. I mean, like all of them. There's one girl who's like, I don't know. I just really like the Eagles uniforms. They seem fun. (laughs) She voted for the Eagles. She was the only one. And then like these two other girls were like, I feel bad for her. Everybody else is calling her like, not calling her dumb, because I wouldn't allow that, but like, oh, yeah. you don't know football. You don't know what you're talking about. So they're like, we'll also vote for the Eagles. So there are three girls know nothing about football. Like, barely even watched it. Mm-hmm. Eagles win the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> I threw them such a party, and at first I was like, nope. Y'all didn't vote for the Eagles. These are the only three that get to participate. <laughs> like, you're going to talk some shit on them, make them feel like they don't know what they're doing. Now watch them eat all the pizza they want. <laughs> Eventually, everybody else joined in, but that that's like... Fantasy football is the same way sometimes. You oh, think, yeah. like, Najee Harris is going to go off, but then he doesn't. It's just – that's uh, one of the things that I love about fantasy football is even, like, following the sport, and then you'll still – you'll play guys that aren't as invested into the daily activities of football or the NFL, and they come out with a W.
1: Yeah. Every
0: and time, every week. It doesn't matter. And There's more somebody. of these
1: guys that just absolutely ruined my team. Uh, Matt Ryan, I had him at quarterback. Man. I don't even know what to say. I I, like, I don't have any positives. I don't have any more negatives. It's just like, Bub scored like six points. Yeah, quarterback in the NFL playing fantasy that... scored six effing points.
0: It, like the next two three years, I I wonder if the Falcons are gonna look back at this draft and say, man,
1: we should have grabbed a quarterback. Yeah, because I mean I don't think any of them are gonna be that bad.
0: Right? They all I mean, played pretty well.
1: They're in good situations. I mean, except for Zach Wilson, but he seems like he's one of those guys that's going to be able to overcome well. it. Yeah. He looked better than Sam Donald ever did there. And again, I think it's because he's finally got some talent around him. Not going to take that yeah. away from Sam. Corey Davis but... was
0: another guy that balled out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do wonder. With Matt Ryan, I'm not I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan fan. I think he's pretty average at best. Like, he is the. he's one of those guys where you have to argue, is he one of the best bad quarterbacks or is he one of the worst good quarterbacks? Because he's right
1: there he, on that line. Just a nice little mediocre average. He's going to come in. <laughs> he's going to do his job. Uh-huh. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But neither of it's going to be because of what he did in the game.
0: Yeah. And now, I mean, he's just he's getting older to where I thought the Falcons probably should have seen what they could get for him. It moved on from him, but they didn't. They they stay patent, They select Kyle Pitts, who's very good.
1: But then you let Julio Jones go. So, like, I don't know what's going on I don't, with Atlanta. I just don't know what they did, and this is one of those games I, I don't even want to go back and watch the game. I just kind of, like, want to dive into it a little more and, like, what the hell happened. Like, maybe just go right. watch some clips <laughs> of the game or, from their, their beat writers. You know, I heard a little—I don't remember who it was. I heard somebody talking about this
0: game. I think it was on the radio when we were headed home from Kansas City, but they were talking about the Falcons, you know, like, it's their first year head coach. Uh, there's probably going to have to be, you know, a little bit of a learning curve there, figuring it all out, figuring out what to do with Matt Ryan. And I wanted to jump through my radio and just scream, this is also Nick Sirianni's first year. Like the guy we're all laughing at and poking fun at of press conferences. Mm -hmm. The Eagles balled out. Jalen Hurts looked like an MVP candidate, and I'm not even kidding. But everybody, like, they'll make excuses for the Falcons, I feel like, all the time. But, Why know, is that?
1: Because that you're exactly right. I and I've been
0: guilty of it, too. A but lot of people feel bad because they got their ass kicked in the Super Bowl. Like, a lot of people were rooting for the Falcons. Glass-shattering moment for a mm-hmm. lot of
1: people probably listening. Oh, my God, you're yeah. right.
0: But I, they were because the Patriots are the villains. So I bet you know 60% of people, at least, were rooting for the Falcons. And then, you know, they get up. Everybody thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. Everybody's happy. And then the Patriots come back, beat them after the 28-3 comeback. So I, I don't know if like a lot of people just have that stuck in their mind of like, oh, we were rooting for them, we still like them, whatever the deal is, but like excuses get made for them. Like they drafted Kyle Pitts and everybody praised it because it was like, oh, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan still. Psych, Julio's gone. Our offense isn't good. We don't have any running backs whatsoever. So I don't know. I don't want to be like a Falcons hater, but I am also, I've been very low on the Falcons for years. Since the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. usually right.
1: Have you seen that picture of Mike Davis going around of him just standing at the podium looking like super sad? No, the only one
0: I see is Matt Ryan laying <laughs> on the turf, <laughs> just <laughs> his face down. Hilarious! <laughs> Such a oh man, just bad look for my man. But <laughs> that's that's the one that I see, and I haven't went back and watched this game either. But I I should because I want to see Jalen Hurts. Like I know that he played well. I've heard other people that I trust talk about how he's played I've I mean, seen the clips on Fox social.
1: score looking at 27 for 35 264 yards and three touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, they made the right decision on moving on from quarterback yep. yeah and him mobile. dabbing up uh, Sirianni I don't know if you saw the little handshake there was a moment I think it was Sirianni he runs over to the sideline they got like this handshake and I was like if your head coach and you're starting quarterback have a handshake it's <laughs> over for everybody else like you're literally you're screwed.
0: It, you know, one thing that I do is, like, once people start to turn on a guy, like, at first, I'm like, why the hell are you hiring Nick Sirianni? Mm-hmm. Like, this is such a bad move. And then everyone jumps on him and is like, this guy is an
1: idiot. Look at what he said here. Can't even talk at a press conference.
0: Yep, I'm I'm rooting for him now. Like, I want to see him be good.
1: So, are you rooting for the Eagles to win the the NFC East now? I don't know if I would go that far because okay. I actually like. The Cowboys? I like the
0: Cowboys. They were great when I was growing up. Like that's when the dynasty started in the mid '90s. So I've always kind of liked the Cowboys, the Washington football team. I love their defense. Yeah. It Tyler Heineke starting at quarterback now. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually kind of excited about that. That is the game that's tomorrow night. Uh, who is it? Washington and New York? Yep. 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 So I'm. I don't really like the Giants. I. I just. I like Saquon. I don't like a lot of the moves that they've made.
1: I've wa- I I want to be able to watch Daniel Jones play an entire game. And yep. I know it's going to be our, Gosh, our, that. our last week against the uh, in our golf league that we're in, which has been a lot of fun. And hey, we're not good golfers, but we we're starting to have some fun. We're improving. And when we're having fun. We are improving. First couple of weeks, real rough, and that's on me. So I apologize. There's
0: some kind of correlation with our golf league of success to beers drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like a direct correlation. I believe our worst outing you were leaving directly after to go to a wedding. And I was like, well, if you're leaving directly after, like I'm not going to drink either. Yeah. Absolute dog shit performance. Throw back more beers, more birdies. Birdies equal beers. Beers equal
1: birdies. So that first week, I think we, we each smashed six and nine holes. That was our worst week. We <laughs> shot 11 over. In it nine wasn't good. Holes, it was In a, a two-man scramble. Second week, hey, let's just have four. <laughs> we shot eight over that week that i left we shot six over and then last week we just had a nice three three beers per nine holes that's a good average yeah with it being so hot it's tough for me to drink beers out there and that was the thing it's gonna be beautiful this week so three is the magic number because we golfed five under no 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 no, five over yeah could <laughs> <laughs> never this week I'm just going to tell you right now, and if they're listening, they're listening. If not, I'm putting a birdie on every single hole. We're going to walk in there and be like, what the hell happened? I don't know. I was hitting the piss out of the ball today, though, Rob. It's
0: nice out here. That's what happened. But uh, Big Country and I are in a golf league that we've been playing every Thursday night. Uh, So we'll probably be in here recapping that. Usually something stupid happens that we have to talk about on a Friday morning.
1: Didn't someone almost get hit last week?
0: Uh, A couple times. It's a very busy league. So there are two teams on every hole and uh, there are a lot of good golfers. I was, trying th-
1: I was like, something big happened. And there are a lot of golfers like us you know, and, who get yelled at for going to retrieve a ball out of someone's backyard. Yeah.
0: And it's like a, it's not, not a country course. club, but there are no. a lot of houses surrounding it. Yeah, yeah. But we, I hit a ball into. I didn't want to I didn't want to have to call you out, but I'm, Oh, I don't okay. care. Okay. I I don't hit many fairways. I don't like See, to play off a fairway.
1: See, that's such a bullshit lie because you run up there. <laughs> no, I shouldn't even say run. You just walk up there, you set your ball down, you pat your driver like two or three times, and then you just stroke it and it goes right down the middle and you turn around and you give me a look with a little smirk and you go to the cart. I go No up,
0: practice swings.
1: None. I go up there, practice swing, line up the ball, look at the fairway. Got my hands, right shoulder down, right elbow in, hit it, slice it all the way across the fairway (laughs) into another one. And it's like, (laughs) I just hear you in the background, Mr. Fairway. (laughs) Yeah, but the wrong one (laughs) freaking sucks. And you walk up there, just crank it down the middle. Uh,
0: Naturally good. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) out there. No, but it's like, it's so impressive, but it's so (laughs) aggravating at the same time. Fundamental
1: skills. Mm -mm. And you're so humble about it, which is nice. Like, if you got in the cart and just ran your mouth, I probably wouldn't be in the league because I'd be so frustrated with myself. Because I know it's not sustainable.
0: Like, even if I do hit a couple good shots, it's like, I'm about to screw up real bad here. (laughs)
1: Like you did with putting the ball in someone's backyard.
0: Yeah. I do need to take a video of your open stance. You look like Andres Galarraga when you hit. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> old time, old baseball player from the 90s. But your stance is so open to try to play your slice. I love it. And, uh, you know, different guys, we get paired with different groups every week. And every week it's like, whew, man, you were aiming right for that tree over there. <laughs> but then it just it
1: swoops to the right. And I've never wanted <laughs> to be that guy. And I've just had to accept that I am. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but also happening tomorrow night, we'll have uh, the football game. Obviously, we'll be recapping that, maybe even preview it a little bit tomorrow. But the NFL also announced that they're going to have an announcement. They announced the announcement. You know how much <laughs> I love that. That uh, there will be a Hard Knocks <laughs> announcement tomorrow at halftime. I don't know what it's going to be, but I do know this had to be the like least popular
1: season of Hard Knocks in the history of that series. I do wonder what the ratings were on it because I don't feel like anyone was really talking about it on social media or maybe I just wasn't it, looking. Was for it, it
0: on this week? Is was it last night? Okay. I don't even know. See that's
1: yeah. Like I'm a football guy. I am your target audience. I think last week might have been the last week because once the regular season starts it's over. Right? And like I, I just think. I, I don't, don't care. I didn't
0: watch a single episode. I, I got watched the highlights two, on Twitter. That was it.
1: Right? And I think the coolest thing that came from it was uh, Dick's son meeting Dak Prescott and calling him Patrick Mahomes. Like, mm-hmm. that was cute and hilarious. And then the drone video, which I think, right. again, as you've mentioned, every NFL team should do that because that's really cool. Yeah, but it's also,
0: I can see it on social. Exactly. I don't need to watch an hour or two hours, whatever it is, to have those clip-outs. Or, you know, we used to watch Hard Knocks when it first came out because mm-hmm. you would find out who got cut. You would find out what was going on in the locker room. The the Adam Schefters of the world are too good at it now.
1: So with this announcement, I have two guesses. One, well, first off, we're gonna know what it is before halftime. Like that's gonna Adam Schefter (laughs) or Ian Rappaport or someone is gonna break this. Oh, sorry, somebody's leaving it. So we're gonna find out before halftime tomorrow. I know that. But the two things that I think it could be is that they're one, gonna take a break from hard knocks and they're gonna miss the season. Or two, they're gonna announce the all or nothing type of deal where they're recording through the season and they're gonna be there all year and you're gonna get every week. A video from Hard Knocks with the Cowboys.
0: That's actually what I'm hoping for too. The all which or nothing would type. Be
1: amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you, I mean, stick with the
0: Cowboys because mm-hmm. like all or nothing,
1: you wait till the season's over with Hard Knocks. If you do it every week while the season's going on, which this is something the Chiefs have been doing with their series called the franchise. Last yeah, time I, the they Colts did, Colts have won. Yep, last time the Chiefs did that, they won a Super Bowl. So fingers crossed that happens again. So.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely here for that one. With hard knocks, it's so weird because you'll see something happen that week and then you have to wait until almost the next week to figure out what really went on Mm -hmm. on the show. But I do think if they continued the all-or-nothing style where they follow a team throughout the entire season. So say they stick with the Cowboys and you followed them for week one Mm -hmm. and then you put that stuff out the next Tuesday. Like we just had week one. If you had a hard knocks – episode come out last night that took you the week of practice the football game on a Sunday yep and then put it out on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night yeah I'm watching it oh I don't yeah. care if it's my favorite team or not you can 100% put the, you know, the Jets the Texans anybody out there I'm probably tuning in to see that game week preparation
1: and make it like a full hour and a half I know that's gonna suck for someone to go through all those videos and edit it and yeah the voiceover would yeah, be and a stuff. Quick turnaround so that but be tough. hey it's gonna be worth it in terms of revenue because yeah. everyone's gonna be signing up for that yep we don't
0: need somebody super famous like John Hamm doing the voiceovers.
1: No, but man, he's pretty good at it. He is
0: really good at it, but I, he's probably not going to be available to just sit down on a Monday and recap everything or whatever. What but, else is he freaking doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the right price, I'll come do it. Exactly. Uh, the price would be like 20 bucks. Like, just shoot me a text. Hey, bub, come on. Out. <laughs> <Up>. <laughs> but I, I do hope that that is the announcement, too, because I'm done with the preseason stuff. I didn't watch a second of it, it was the Dallas Cowboys. No matter what you think about the Dallas Cowboys, they're one of the most popular teams in the league. Like, top five, it's not debatable.
1: I mean, Dak didn't play last year. Well, he missed a huge chunk of the season due to his injury. Still one of the highest-paid players in the NFL, mm-hmm. according to the Forbes list. It was like, this dude. And you could tell even when he was doing commercials that, there's like, hey, ankle's pretty messed up. We'll just keep it out of the shot. So we'll have you sit on this concrete retaining wall, one foot up, the other foot just hanging off, and do a commercial over what mattress helps you get the best sleep at night.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's 100 mil. They've got the big names. They've got the brand, Jerry Jones. Uh, Everybody should have been tuning in to see Hard Knocks. Segment number two of the show brought to you by Gunspot. We had Mike Winkle on yesterday talking about everything that you can get from Gunspot. Go check them out at Gunspot.com. I know our guy Matt bought his gun through Gunspot and if you're not a local listener no problem just go to Gunspot.com you can check out some of their auctions that they have the reserve auctions sometimes they'll put a price tag on things and that reserve has to be met but they do have a lot of no reserve auctions too I was scrolling through their website yesterday when Mike was on with us and there were some that were on there for like 10 bucks like seriously go place a bid in like 10 bucks you could win uh, it's something that you have to monitor but definitely go check them out at gunspot.com
1: and if you have a gun and you want some ammo guess what they got it there too next up miners on monroe located in pittsburgh kansas if you're not in the area no worries you can visit them at miners and then get whatever you want in terms of any style you need apothecary goods they got it you want some tattoo balm to help make your tattoos pop a little more and look good make them look brand spanking new they got it for you. They got you taken care of with some retro hats, shirts. They got suit coats. Just anything and everything that you want in terms of clothes and style. You need to up your style. Miners Monroe has you covered. And then you can use code up 10 for 10% off at checkout.
0: Yep. It's almost fall. Bringing in those fall
1: brands. Hey, I know they got some flannels. And I was able to get one last year when <laughs> fall ended. Uh, so, I can't wait to rock that. Or just, Yeah. Rock that puppy yeah. this fall. a football looking, guy.
0: Excited about flannels. Excited about chili. I mean, if I can wear a flannel and shorts and like, yeah. Flannel and shorts is an interesting combo. Well,
1: it's kind of like a, a flannel coat. It's not like a, a thick coat. So it's now we're going like a coat little and shorts. Jacket. It's like a flannel jacket. Yeah. Got lost. <laughs> it's like, so I'm not zipping it up. You just keep it open. So you're wearing a coat, but also it's shorts. It's not a coat. It's a jacket. You, I, you I know. A I coat. know what I said. And I messed up, so I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm a I'm a hoodie and shorts kind of guy,
1: so I like that. But now I'm just now you can wear like a shirt underneath it, and you just throw a little jacket. You walk out with some shorts, baseball cap on, and then these nice I, blazers I'm rocking. Do you Flex know this. I have two all. daughters. Ooh, i up. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I have two daughters. They are uh,
0: almost nine and seven. They're pretty opinionated now, like, and they're growing more interested in clothing every day. Yeah. So even uh, my oldest daughter, Maya, her birthday is in October. And it's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? What do you want this year? And she's like, I really just want to buy new clothes, but I don't want people to pick it out for me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm just, I don't want to have like animals on my shirts anymore or cartoon characters. It's like, she's growing out of the little girl yeah. clothing. But even, you know, last year in the spring, I would try to rock like a hoodie and shorts. And my youngest daughter, Maddie, would be like, are you really going to wear that outside? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, we're about to leave. Like, we're going to Target or wherever we're going. She's like, a long sleeve shirt and shorts. Yes, babe, this is what I do. This is is me. I've been doing this your whole life. But now it's like, that's really, Dad? Really? So now they're going to be doing the whole like 20-yard separation. When I wear my Crocs, it's like they don't even know me.
1: (laughs) You have become a huge fan of them things, too. I just – it sucks.
0: I don't care anymore. (laughs) Sometimes. Now, if I'm, like, going out, like we're going to a dinner or something like that, I'll try to look halfway decent. If I'm just coming into the office and I know I don't have anything else going on – No one's coming in. We're not going out
1: anywhere. I'm wearing the Crocs. Damn things are comfortable. It makes me want to wear mine more because I'm always worried. I always end up doing something where I got to go out and be in front of people. And it's like, I got my damn Crocs on with my freaking height, like my ankle, like tube socks or whatever. And Uh it's just like, I look like an idiot yeah and it's like of course i and I'm, feel the eyes and i exactly me. and i'm already bald so that's always something i'm just self-conscious about now it's like look at the big white bald dude walking through the store in his white socks <laughs> and look his at Crocs. him fitting the exact stereotype for a midwestern meal <laughs> <laughs> uh yep it's like, like I, I wonder what he it. does and someone's like he's homeless I'm like, no i'm not I got <laughs> he's a, a new nice, croc i got They're a nice, nice home <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. We got a little off the rails. We tend to do that. But yeah. I, I am. I'm a croc supporter. I didn't used to be, but now I'm a very big supporter of do what makes you happy.
1: As long as you're not affecting others. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, what makes me happy is throwing rocks at cars. Yeah. Wow. Don't hey. do that, dude. I did that as a kid one time. Why? It was so much fun. It was a fun thirty. 30- oh yeah. I didn't know any better It was just like I'm sitting in the driveway There's rocks everywhere There's cars driving by I wonder if I can hit the car I'll tell you what I was 10 for 10 And then they called my mom and She went 10 for 10 on my ass <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah Don't throw rocks at cars That's not something I ever thought I'd have to say But you know like, There's a lot of people That will snob you For what you like to eat I hate that like, Why does The way I like my steak cooked Or the, my opinion on food Affect you Yeah, especially if you're out at a restaurant like uh obviously you know me well and we've been out before if like we go somewhere and i get a salad i'm going to tell you no onions no egg no cucumber and people will be like oh somebody's a little bit picky no i just like my food the way i like my food (laughs) like why does it matter to you are you eating this exactly zip it or like uh a big one is how people like their steak. I always see those, like, memes, those pictures of, like, which one are you? One, two, three, four, and it has the different steaks or coffee yeah. or whatever it is. Like, why are we shaming people for the way they like their
1: food? And, and it's always people that call i like you to moo at me a little bit. Like, that's freaking weird, dude. Yeah. Like, that's raw. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that's good we for you. we found fire, use it. <laughs> yes and i don't use it for like two seconds no use it for about five minutes each side mm-hmm. and let it roll out i get it if you overcook it it's kind of hard to chew it's not good i mean i want my steak to stay still when i cut it <laughs> i hate the whole like you gotta reach three inches like you're playing back right. and forth with it right. just to cut it.
0: Mm-hmm. it creates a whole mess and depending on the place you go their idea of medium versus your idea of medium can be way different, but I'll tell you what: me and Texas Roadhouse, we got it figured out. <laughs> don't they? And we're gonna have to do this Texas Roadhouse challenge. I yeah. don't know if our listeners have seen it, have seen it, but there are a couple guys that went to Texas Roadhouse and they tried to see how many rolls they could eat, and it was like fifteen baskets or something like that. Oh, no way
1: twenty-three baskets. Oh man! And I think ninety-plus rolls. I think the exact number was either ninety-two or ninety-four. Anyways, 23 baskets in 90 rolls. I don't know how many guys were in the group. Mm-hmm. Tell but, me the
0: number of guys that I have to have, and I'll find more. Well, I count as two, so we're <laughs> fine there. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would like to do it. It's another one of those things where you would just be miserable afterwards.
1: Oh, and they were. I don't know if you have seen the, saw the video, yeah. seen, whatever one it is. Seemed it. To- yep, <laughs> seen it. Uh, they're just laying on the benches outside, just stretched out. And they're just, you could tell they're, that's the most carbs they've, I don't know. They probably ate the the weight in rolls on what they weigh because they weren't What big would guys. really
0: suck is that your waiter or waitress, it's like you're not ordering any other food. But I think they You're there did, for though. the free rolls. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I can't eat a steak and then try to do some.
1: I mean, I just give them like $30. Yeah, you're
0: just going to yeah. have to tip them big and realize that like, hey, we appreciate your service here. <laughs> yeah. And go make <laughs> some more rolls because you're going to need Yeah. It. Keep them <laughs> coming. I don't tell the kitchen in the back. Like I worked sorry. at
1: Logan's in college, and that was one thing I hated. Was people would just be like, oh, we want another basket. It's like, bub, you've had five baskets mm-hmm. and six sweet teas. You're going to die right <laughs> here. What do you want to eat?
0: Please stop. I'm bringing you yeah. a water. I, I got I more rolls in the tea. oven. I know. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Here's a cucumber and a water. Hydrate, <laughs> yeah. <drink>, damn it. <laughs> Take that one on. All right. What a weird little second segment, but that's what we do here. Uh, we talked a little bit about Clay Helton being fired yesterday but I did want to talk a little bit more about it because we are starting to hear some more names uh, kind of become popular in this one yesterday when we sat down to record a lot of people were still talking about Urban Meyer and what would happen there I I think that his name has kind of lost some steam It, it would just be such a terrible look if he left the Jaguars after one year And I think a lot of people are kind of starting to question if he actually would do that, even if he is frustrated. Uh, Some of the other names, Chris Peterson was another one. Uh, He was at Boise. He was at Washington. And a lot of people that know him have said, like, he is not ready to get back into coaching. And the crazy thing with him is he's had opportunities to take that job. Mm -hmm. He could have had it before. I don't know that he wants that attention of, being in L.A., of being at that huge program like USC. Like, he dominated at Boise State, could have went almost anywhere he wanted, and when he eventually left, he just went to Washington. So, I, I think that's another name that you could probably cross off the list. Matt Campbell at Iowa State is another popular one. He doesn't fit in at all <laughs> in Southern California, so I don't know that he would be I mean, is enticed that something, to leave.
1: Is that something they would want or maybe need I think he's a great coach. I say that now, but I think the, I remember watching a documentary on Pete Carroll or at least some type of clip out on sports center when I was younger and the way that Pete Carroll was able to have so much success is that he went to the really bad parts of LA or the parts in California and would have like a light code. Like, he would pull up to a parking lot, they would flicker the lights a certain way, and then the recruit would come out and talk to them because it was such a <laughs> dangerous area. They were like, we don't know what car's pulling up. Uh-huh. And so, like, once that happened, I was like, okay, now we can interact and do the recruiting. And he was able to get a lot of like high talented players that way. That's I terrifying. Don't, it 100% <laughs> is, but like, Pete Carroll's a guy to do that. And so, yeah. do you need another guy who's going to kind of go that route or someone who's just like, hey, we got to completely reshape mm-hmm. everything? and get some true talent in here. And I'm not saying USC doesn't have that. You clearly just don't have enough of it. Right.
0: Yeah. Or you you have some of it, but you're not getting the most out of it. it. Like, you're getting some of the highly recruited guys, but you're not pushing them and, and getting the most out of them like a Nick Saban does at Alabama. Like, obviously, their recruiting every year is exceptional, but also the growth that those players have during their time with that program is exceptional. Oh, I mean, they almost peak by the time they leave. It, exactly. You get to Every the NFL, year. and
1: it's like, whew, okay. Yeah. Well, it, we it's saw some, his best there.
0: Some of the other names that have been mentioned actually kind of commented but didn't comment on the job, and that was Luke Fickle at Cincinnati and James Franklin at Penn State. And I did hear this morning listening to the Dan Patrick Show. He said he has a source that has confirmed that James Franklin from Penn State is interested in that USC job. So, like, that is something – to monitor and both these coaches have come out they were kind of asked about it in press conferences and they gave the the typical you know comment that you would i'm not worried about any of that right now i'm not talking to anybody right now yeah no shit your agent is
1: that's (laughs) why you
0: hire them they are putting out the feelers they are the ones that send in the text message or making the phone call to be like yo you serious because like we're reading my name my guy's name what's your yeah. What's your offer? What are, we, what are we talking about here? And I do think that James Franklin and Luke Fickle would be really good hires for USC. They both built good programs. And with James Franklin, he's already done it at a big-time program. Yeah. Like, Luke Fickle, he's done it at Cincinnati. Do, taking that next step and doing it at a big program might be difficult. But James Franklin has proven he can do that. But you might have to pay him a lot of money. He was just
1: dealing with some controversy at Penn State, wasn't he, a couple years ago? Yeah, there's that hazing scandal. Yeah. Do you think we're completely over and past that for him to kind of make that jump to USC? Or is it going to be one of those deals where it gets real, I shouldn't say political, but in terms of just why the hell are we hiring this guy?
0: Yeah, I actually, I think you're right. That is something that at USC they might look back at and say, nope, that's not a guy. Yeah. Because uh, there was the Urban Meyer interest a couple of years ago after they had, had after they fired Sark. Yeah. because I mean, he was an alcoholic. And they didn't want to bring in Urban Meyer because he had been surrounded by some controversy, as
1: well. The whole receiver coach and And so I mean that's
0: another thing that USC is. Going to look at you know, Mario Cristobal at Oregon is another name that's been floated out there. I saw David Shaw's name floated out there. That this would be morning. hilarious.
1: Be like, hey, we know you just kicked our ass. How about mm-hmm. you come be our coach? Yeah. Why don't you stop doing that? <laughs> like, hey, you actually really <laughs> impressed us with your performance last week. You just want to come yeah. do that here? You didn't know it, but that was actually part of the interview.
0: Process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were looking. That was yeah, That was actually
1: that, yeah. the the final interview. So, yeah. job's yours if you want it, bub. And honestly, like, I think
0: it's a good fit. Yeah. With David Shaw, like, there's just so many restrictions there academically at Stanford that it is hard to be sustainable there. Maybe he's done with it now. Maybe he's like, I just want to go to How school. How long has he been there, do you know? Uh, since Harbaugh left. So, I mean, a good— A minute, yeah. Yeah, probably, like, what, eight years or something like that off it the top of my head? It's crazy that Harbaugh's
1: been gone that long. Yeah, so I, I, mean, yeah.
0: I do wonder if David Shaw has maybe just had enough of being at Stanford.
1: where he's finally found just enough success where it's like, we beat USC. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. Deuces,
0: yeah, but I mean, who knows? He's had other opportunities. The NFL used to like check in with David Shaw every year, but maybe he's a college guy mm-hmm. and he wouldn't leave the college program. But I mean, looking at USC, it would be a tough job to pass up. Like even if you want to stay in California, you're just going south, heading to USC. That would be a tough job to overlook. And two other names that we didn't get to mention yesterday, but are always floated around in the coaching carousel, are Tony Elliott and Brent Venables. Clemson. These are two guys whose names have been very popular, but every year we hear them say, like, ah, oh, no, they're just so choosy. They're not going to leave Clemson for just any job. Uh, fellas, <laughs> you might want to eventually. Yeah. Uh, because they, I mean, they're coordinators. They haven't proven that they can build a college football program. And I think that's a huge, huge reason why you see guys like Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell being mentioned because they've already gone to schools. And they've already proven they can build, they can recruit, they can make it their own. So with, you know, Venables and Elliott, I don't think they're ready for that USC job.
1: Yeah. Uh, And Tony Elliott, I mean, that's a name I'm really familiar with because I feel like that's been floated around a lot lately. In the last couple years of, okay, hey, Mm -hmm. does he make the jump from offensive coordinator to a head coach and running a program elsewhere? Now, I think you're right on USC being too big of a spot. Yeah, that might. But I kind of feel that way with, like, Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell too. Because – Matt Campbell, he's having success with veterans at Iowa State. And you just lost to Iowa, so that's not too good, you know, to just hop on or put on the resume there for everyone to see. But Luke Fickle, and I know there was a relationship between the, the, the athletic, athletic director. director that's there because he was at Cincinnati when he hired Luke. But I kind of want to see Luke maybe win or not necessarily dominate, but just have success in the Big 12 before he goes over to the Pac-12. Like yeah. show you can do that because that's going to be a huge jump, right? And it's going to be different in terms of competition and recruiting. Or am I just thinking? Am I putting too much thought into that? Uh, it's like well, if you can prove that you can do it at Cincinnati, you can do it anywhere. It's also like, what's the Big Twelve going to look like when he gets there? Because like, is Texas and
0: OU are they going to be gone? Because if they're gone, the Big Twelve is just pretty much where he's at now. Yeah. Yeah. So man, he's already beat some good schools. I believe they play Indiana this weekend, which is another Big Ten school. So if I'm USC I might have questions with that mm-hmm. of the I want to see him do it against a more competitive schedule but he's done a really good job uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they make him an offer just because the relationship there with the athletic director but also like with James Franklin I think he would be a great fit but I do wonder is USC going to want to spend that money to get James Franklin yeah I mean is, he's
1: the only one because like Mario Cristobal, who we've talked about, I just don't think he. Was he's the, got it made at Oregon, mm-hmm. and I know we 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 went into that on yesterday's show. So I mean, out of these guys, I mean Bob Stoops is another name you have on here. I don't think we've even talked about him yeah. yet. He did the XFL stunt for mm-hmm. or the A whatever league. He did one, one of, of those them, leagues. But yeah, it's like okay, hey, he's kind of got the itch for coaching. Like, yeah, it's it's clearly still there. Could he just come out of retirement and go? Yeah, I had a lot of success at Oklahoma. Let's go do it at USC now. Yep, yeah. I think he could. It wouldn't
0: surprise me. And if he does want to get back into coaching, I think he needs to do it soon. Yeah. I mean, I I was thinking about guys like uh, Bill Cowher, who when he retired with the Steelers, was like, I might want to get back into it, but I'm going to wait a couple years. And now his name isn't even mentioned. Like, I don't even know. Maybe he's decided on his own, like, I'm not interested. Yeah. But I do think if you wait too long, your name gets thrown out. And Bob Stoops is sixty one. For some reason, I thought he was older than that. Right? Yeah, he's so he's, he's not that old. He's actually, not a good he could age. Then get back into it. It, I wouldn't mind seeing him get back into it. Yeah, away from Oklahoma, or <laughs> yeah. you know, I even saw some people say uh, they wonder if they could go after like a Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I'm sorry, no he's like, dominating I, I'll throw in some money to go fund me if I have to to get him <laughs> out of Norman but I don't
1: think it's gonna happen the thing that sucks though is they're gonna bring someone else up who's just as good and waiting his turn to be like damn it Oklahoma's still good yeah like why can't Texas just figure that out right I had someone DM me yesterday he was like hey can you do a breakdown of the Texas-Arkansas game here it is real quick Arkansas just completely dominated Texas in every aspect. Mm-hmm. Hudson Card missed throws. We could be Matt of Sarkeesian if we want to. He called the right place. He had receivers open downfield. Hudson Card missed them. That Arkansas that's defense the is like probably actually underrated. Yeah. Their linebackers played outstanding. And that 185-pound running back?
0: Dude's a Still breezer. running over people. <laughs> yeah. And that's being depressed about Texas football. But another mm. name that uh, we started to mention a little bit yesterday was Eric Bieniemy played f- uh, college football at Colorado when mm-hmm. they were part of the Big 12 is a west coast guy and I think with Bieniemy he's starting to maybe realize the NFL's not going to give him a shot whether you think he should have that opportunity or not he hasn't had it in 2 years yeah he's interviewed for what was it like 14 different Head Some, coaching I mean, positions it's a
1: high number i don't know it off the top of my head but yeah and it's a double digit number and the one thing and i, I know we've we kind of talked about it yesterday or maybe we've talked about it with not being with mike's not being in front of us but it's just okay hey does he want to be in college football like, how mm-hmm. would he do can he do that yeah and and i just realized it as we're talking here so i'm sorry if this is kind of all out of sorts but when players talk about him it's how well he relates to them and how motivating he can be and like how he keeps everyone on track and Going the yeah. same way. He's a player's coach, Exactly, sure. and it's like, okay, hey, that would actually work out perfectly in college because you're going to get these kids in here, and you're just going to tell them what to do, and you're going to keep them motivated, and you're going to keep them on the right page, and you're all going the same direction. And if he's doing that with NFL players and is being a player's coach there, yeah, he's going to have – he'll be just fine in college. Even if that – if college is not like what he wants to do, if he
0: wants to be an NFL guy, mm-hmm. taking the college job might be – his best opportunity. I remember talking on radio last year and saying, like, he might actually just want to get away from Andy Reid. Yeah. And prove, like, hey, I can go do my own thing. I'm not just sitting here getting the credit for what Andy Reid is doing. Yeah. So maybe going and taking a college job with the future of, like, yeah, I still want to get back into the NFL. It might be the right path for him. Because I, I don't know – I he won't go somewhere else and be an offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, and I don't remember who, who reported it, but it was just out there on Twitter. It was just – a couple years ago, he was asked about interest in coaching in college football, and this is Eric Bieniemy that I'm talking about. And it was like USC was the only job that he really showed any type of interest in if it ever became available. Well, yeah. now it is. Mm-hmm. The thing is, and I, I believe I saw you ask this: is when does he accept this job? Like when would he go about making that transition or interviewing for it? Because you still got to go through a whole recruiting season this year the NFL season you're clearly in the middle of or just started, and you're probably going to have another deep playoff push, you're not going to get there till almost March. Right. If you do accept that job. And
0: by then, I mean the signing periods are like February.
1: Yeah, so you've I completely think missed final. all of that.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you could – like say he does want it, USC wants him. You almost just like <laughs> – the NFL's you can't recruit and be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. <laughs> no. like, that's just you don't have time to sleep if you're doing yeah. that. So I I don't know. That's why again, like with USC, like why'd you fire your coach in week two? Like if you were gonna just fire him the first time he lost, you should have fired him in the off season.
1: Yeah, y- you in, know because they were. I mean. I, th- I think we heard on Dan Patrick this morning. It was like they were 17-point favorites to win that game. Yeah, they sh- they, they definitely should have won. And absolutely got plummeted. Like, mm-hmm. Stanford came in and was like, who's your daddy? We your daddy. Mm-hmm. And it's just not a good look. But still, that's such a good point is if you're going to fire him, why do it now when there's so much season left? Yeah. Because even the conversations that he had started with recruits, those are gone now. Yeah. Like, everything that he's built up the last couple of years, maybe there's a recruit where it's like, okay, hey, we're just waiting on the kid to get to his senior year. Here it is. Still bound off if he's going to commit or not. Coach gone. Or those guys those are that are committed. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> You're going to see a lot of, you know, those little Twitter, Instagram posts where it's, uh, thank you, USC <laughs> fight on, but I'm reopening my recruitment. Yep, You see it all the time, especially when coaches get fired. And I don't blame those kids at all. And one thing that USC is going to have to face is that UCLA looks really good. Boy, and like
1: Chip Kelly might've figured it out.
0: Right. So, I mean, just a tough situation to fire a guy in week two. Even if you know you're going to fire him, I think you got to keep him around for a while. Like wait till he loses a big game in November.
1: But even then, it's just uh, I don't know because I don't know their schedule off the top of my head. Just I don't pretty either. much USC has put themselves in a really tough spot.
0: They they definitely have, and a lot of people have been talking about like what are the best jobs in college football? Because I, I mean, everybody's been talking about this USC job, and a lot of the comments are like, "Man, this is one of the top five jobs." In the country, like everybody's going to be trying to get this job. And it had me thinking, like, what are the top five jobs in college football? So what we're going to do is we're going to draft them and figure out who we think the top five teams are in college football. I have a list going of just like 15 schools that I think probably belong. But big country, I'm going to give you the first pick in this little college football dream job (laughs) draft of what job you would like to have. And now we're drafting on this, not like, Yeah, I want to be Nick Saban at Alabama. No shit. Everyone does. Yeah. Like if you were a college football head coach, you could have any job that you wanted right now. Everybody retires. You're the next
1: hot thing. What job would you want most of all? Yeah, in the schools that we have listed LSU, OU, Alabama, Texas, USC, Georgia, Oregon, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Michigan, Miami, and Penn State. If
0: you choose a school that's not on this list, I'm just gonna go ahead and say you're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Washington.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> yeah.
0: Why? Please elaborate. God, no. But you uh, have the you have the first pick. In so
1: honestly, I would pick Notre Dame. Oh, the tradition, the golden domes. I just I love it. Everything about it would be awesome. That stadium, plus the moody the the moody the movie Rudy. Uh, I definitely watched as a kid and loved it. So just. It would have to be Notre Dame for me. Oh, I, Fighting Irish! I really thought
0: that you might, you might take Texas on that one, um, but I'm also proud of you for not, because I don't <laughs> think it's the best job. Yeah. in the country, uh, I'm actually going to take the. I'm torn between two SEC schools, so I'm going to change the rules on this draft as we do it. It's a snake draft, <laughs> <You> um, dog. <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm actually going to say the LSU job is the best one. In the country. Huh. And one of the reasons I say that is because Coach O's not a good football coach. But, man, they sport the but hell out of him. They just won a national championship <laughs> with him there. Like, recruits don't even care anymore who the coach is. Yeah. They've gone from Nick Saban to uh, Les Miles to Coach O. doesn't matter. I, you know, all three of those guys won a national championship. The recruits pour in. Baton Rouge loves football. It's a great tailgate scene. Yup.
1: The food is amazing. You get the night games. You Mm -hmm. get good matchups every single year. You're always competitive. And if you're the coach there, you're most likely winning a national championship. So that's...
0: Yeah, easy to recruit. You can dip into Texas. You can dip into Florida. Yep. So I'm going to take LSU as my favorite job. That was going
1: to be my next one. So... Cool for changing the rules. (laughs) On
0: that one. Uh, My next school that I was debating on taking is actually uh, the Georgia job. I, I said it before. I put it in the state of college football... I'm kind of a sucker for Georgia football. I really like what they're doing there. Even Kirby Smart, when you look at my similar argument to LSU, they did it with Mark Rick, and they, had, they were successful. And so I bring in another coach. You're kind of successful there almost no matter what you're doing. So I, I think that it's a great place to recruit. You're competing against that side of the SEC. Not as tough as what, like, you know, LSU, Alabama is going to have to face. So, yep. uh, for me, the Georgia Bulldogs is going to be the second
1: best spot. So, I get the snake draft here now, two yep. in a row. Let's go. Next up for me, it's actually going to be Michigan. I just, I love that school. I have since I was little. I really don't know why. Cold weather guy. I don't know the correlation to it. Um, I think it's because my dad was a Michigan fan. I had a hoodie when I was a kid. And it was like my favorite hoodie. I love the giant M, the Wolverines, the helmets. And the big house. I just think that stadium, mm-hmm. like that's a stadium I want to go to at some point. But it, it's Michigan's next up for me. After that, um, I'm, I'm gonna have to go Bama. I think the tradition that they have here—if you're winning and you're good at football at Alabama, you're a god, and like yep. you're—I shouldn't say that—you're royalty. Like the the way you're gonna be you treated it right the first time <laughs> is just top notch. And if we've you been went
0: there, to Tuscaloosa and you gave people one pick and you said Jesus or Nick Saban. They're thinking about it. <laughs> I don't care how religious you are; you're thinking about it. Man, <laughs> Jesus never won a national title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy's won a lot of them. <laughs> so yeah, I, he is definitely God status in Alabama, mm-hmm. but also like in the college football world. So I, I can't believe we put that many teams in front of Alabama. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I kind of started to feel bad. It was one of those. It was like you just pick Bama. Don't I be do. Silly.
0: With the Alabama job and the reason why I didn't pick it with one of my first two is because it's going to be so hard to
1: be the guy that replaces Nick Saban. 100%. Like that, whether you want to realize it or not, whoever does, that pressure is going to be huge. Yeah. What's that? What's the old mythology deal with the guy holding up the world? That's what Atlas. you're going to be doing. Is that it? Yep. The more you know. Look at that. Look at me. You're up next.
0: Look at me. Uh, next job for me is... I would have to remove some of my bias. But the Oklahoma job is another one where you're almost on God status. And we've seen Bob Stoops do it. We're seeing Lincoln Riley do it now. There's no professional sports really in the area that are even competing with you. Uh, I mean, even being at the Chiefs game on Sunday, there were a lot of people there that were just rooting for the Browns because of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. It's so, like, ah, we don't really care about pro sports, but we're here to see Baker play. Yep. Uh, I drove all the way from Norman or wherever. So I, I don't know that I could ever put on those colors or wear that logo on an article of clothing, but I can recognize that is a fantastic job. And if it did open up, even when Bob Stoops retired suddenly – they were quick to name lincoln riley the the head coach in waiting or the guy taking over but i mean so many people probably just started salivating over i can take that job yeah are you kidding me like i mean the james franklins of the world the matt campbells they wouldn't even think twice about jumping on that opportunity to take over at ou and my next school number 4 from my list i'm going to take ohio state i think the big 10 is being dominated right now by Ohio State I've always kind of liked them as well I I think that they recruit very well nationally but also you know that battle with Michigan dominating Michigan the way that they have uh, I've always kind of liked OU and and have found myself even rooting for or sorry Ohio State in that rivalry with Michigan since Charles Woodson left Michigan About 23 years. (laughs) (laughs) Which is about how many years in a row they've been
1: dominating that Yeah, no joke, dude. It's just ridiculous. But that is a good job getting to be at that Ohio State-Michigan game a couple years ago. Granted, we didn't go in. We didn't need to. Because the way that they tailgate and get ready for that game is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, next up for me, I'm actually going to take Texas here. You don't have to worry about the pressure at this point. It's like, okay, whatever. Texas, you're going to have... Every bit of money that you want, you have the facilities, you have the recognition, you have the name and the brand. It's all there. Just got to win. And that's a pretty damn hard thing it, to do right now. Yeah,
0: but the resources are there to win, too. Like you mentioned, with the facilities, the recruiting, yeah, a- any kind of money that, or support that you want. You've got big names like Matthew McConaughey, The Undertaker, Beyonce. That, Beyonce? Like, oh, yeah. You can I Google guess. and find Beyonce in a Texas. Let me, let me tell you, but <laughs> You can go to the Google machine. You can type in Beyonce, Texas, and you can find yourself a picture of her in a Texas Longhorn jersey.
1: Pretty nice. You ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all righty. Let's go ahead and end this episode. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so next up for me, I'm actually going to take USC. Um, the first fair weather school I've picked. Never yep. been to L.A. Maybe if I have been, this would maybe move them up the rankings. But I feel like when USC is good, it, college football is just so much better. Yeah. Like, those were the glory days in the middle of 2000s when it was Texas and USC, you know, one and two, going for national title. Those good. jerseys, I love it. I love the logo. The actual Trojan stabbing a sword in the middle of the field I think is awesome. That's pretty much it. I'm just buying into the hype of USC. I, I, just I think really like a beautiful USC. area to live in. As well, and I do think that a lot of
0: these coaches will be trying to get to USC, to take that job. The weather, it's so beautiful that it is actually affected. Mm-hmm. of, do I want to take this job? I, I can't imagine going and being on that campus and experiencing it and being like, nah, I don't really like it here. Like It's just, it's too nice Yeah. there. So I, I think it could win anyone over all the Heisman trophies that they have just sitting around. Yeah, even with Reggie Bush's not being there. You still have Matt Leiner, Carson mm-hmm. Palmer, like so many guys that have come through that program and they do a pretty good job of you know staying involved with it after they leave. Even watching like Big Noon kickoff with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner. Mm-hmm. They're still always talking about USC. You know, the Madden commercials with Reggie Bush and all the other guys, yep. Lindale White. Uh, so I, I think that USC is definitely a very good job as well. To end this one, my last one, I'm taking the Oregon job. Yeah, I mean, We've been talking about it a lot over the last two days of don't think Mario Cristobal should leave Oregon. I, I think that they can dip into California. They can recruit down there, so you don't need to be in California. The support that you get from Nike and Phil Knight is
1: second to none. And especially with this NIL, NIL deals being yep. available, and you got Nike like right next to you, not even in your right pocket. I mean, you're literally standing hand in hand here, bro. Uh-huh broy is what I just boy (laughs) golly you're gonna be able to just get anybody you want yeah you like Nike here it is I do think that those
0: uniforms and like kind of some of the cool stuff they do helps with recruiting but I I do I think that Oregon is another one of those jobs so uh run down my list of what I drafted here my top jobs I have LSU Georgia OU Ohio State and Oregon I, I am all over the map (laughs) On mine. And for yours, you go Notre Dame, Michigan, Bama, Texas, and USC. I do think that uh, those would be my top 10 schools if I really ironed it out. I think it's funny, though, neither one of us picked Clemson.
1: I just, I feel like they're a new powerhouse. You know, they're like the new money. I was like, all right, well, let's see how long you're around.
0: Yeah. I don't even know that you could call them a blue blood just yet. Like Mm Dabo has
1: done a really good job there, but is it, is it sustainable? I mean, pick up a couple, like, you know, Heisman winners, a couple more first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Not they're, first round, like, just first. Yeah. O- like Yeah, first overall, like quality players mm-hmm. in the NFL, and then you can Because, like, Michigan, yeah. yes, they have not been putting or having the success on the field, but the way that those players then transition to the NFL, they're pretty good there, too. Like, so you're able to develop players. You're yeah. just not winning football games. It's just a longevity thing. As many thing as you'd like. Exactly. At Clemson.
0: Like, keep doing it, and your name is just going to climb up this list. Segment number three of the show brought to you by Club 609 right here in downtown Joplin, Missouri. A must-visit location. If you are in Joplin, hop in there for their great happy hour. Usually from 4 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday with their two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours. And on Saturdays, it's happy hour all day long, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. It's my favorite bar In the world, uh, probably if I had to rank my like destinations, it might be just honestly number two after my own house. You know, in some days, some days it's number one
1: you're not even lying either uh, downtown lube is going to be next uh downtown lube right here on main street in joplin mark edder and the boys pride themselves on getting you in and out at the same on the same business day and there's so much more than just tires and lube be sure to visit their website downtown to see their full list of services again that's downtown thanks again to mike excuse me to mike to mark edder and the boys at downtown lube for supporting us
0: a wonderful job. The only place that I will take my truck. You said downtown, and that leads us right into our last segment of the day. Downtown stadiums, our Kansas City Royals. And I, I realize there are not a lot of Royals listeners or fans out there in the world. We happen to be two of them. but I, So I did want to keep this kind of general and less specific. But there was talk yesterday, and this has been ongoing for the people who aren't near Kansas City, of moving their stadium. Downtown, we've seen a lot of baseball stadiums do it. Uh, the Cardinals, keeping it here in Missouri, have a great downtown location mm-hmm. where they have uh, what do they call it, Cardinal Village. You see, like the Chicago Ballpark Cubs, Village. Ballpark Village, yep. uh, have Wrigleyville, mm-hmm. and so the, a lot of these baseball teams have gone away from these big parking lot tailgate areas where they're going to more downtown places with some great scenes. From, you know, whether it's on TV, whether it's in the stadium, and they're they're moving them downtown. And I think that there's an argument there of which one do you prefer? Do you want to have the downtown area with a lot of good local bars and restaurants? Or do you want like the setup that they have at Kauffman? And like we do see with a lot of football stadiums is we're going to have a massive parking lot. There's absolutely nothing around it. But you get to bring your own food and beer and you can yeah. hang out for hours before the game is with the the Royals, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm showing up to games.
1: Well, and my thing with the Royals is who's really tailgating in the middle of June or July? Oh God, it is like, miserable. It's just so hot on that asphalt with all the cars there and you have no shade. It doesn't matter if you bring your own tent, because here in Missouri, there's a thing called humidity. Did I even say that right? Humidity. Humidity. I don't... <laughs> man, me and my words today are struggling. It's like I get paid to do this for a living. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. For me. now. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, but it's just like the humidity is going to be too much as well. Here in the middle of Missouri where you're tailgating, it's just it's not that enjoyable for the game. You get that downtown area, how, though.
0: And y- you've done the... Ballpark Village. It's right? so
1: much fun, dude. And I know you guys don't you guys knock St. Louis a little bit. Not a fan. You know. I've actually en- I enjoyed every time that I've gone to a game there at bush Stadium at being at Ballpark Village. They've built like a hotel, they've built um an apartment complex like right mm-hmm. behind it so I mean, if you get a room up there, I'm sure it's super expensive. Like right. you can just watch Cardinals games out of your apartment down on the field, and it's just amazing. And Ballpark Village, the way it's set up at one of the bars, there's seats up there. So if you're not in the stadium, you're still elevated enough to where you can see mm-hmm. in, and it's like an outfield seat is what you get. And it's just one of those deals where it's different, and it's so fun, and everyone's interactive and together, and it's legitimately right next to the stadium, like a, yeah. a, across the street just for transit buses to get through, and it's just different. And if you could bring that to Kansas City where you already have – You know, power and light down there. You have the bar scene. Just build a stadium, and you're going to get so much more Mm -hmm. around it too. It was going to look great with that skyline that Kansas City has. Yeah, with us being Royals fans,
0: I I did see a lot of the discussion going on yesterday on Twitter, and a lot of people don't want to see the stadium move. They want to keep it for tailgating, Mm -hmm. but also like a little bit of like historical, or honestly, just like. The emotional connection of like, oh, this is where me and my dad used to go to watch games or whatever. Yeah. The World Series wins. I get all of that. But a lot of people were also making the argument of like, well, if you want all these bars and these restaurants, just start building them around the stadium. Well, those stadiums have been there since like 1972. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Kansas City, there's absolutely nothing around them. No. they. I mean, it's kind of nice to be able to get to. It's kind of right off the interstate, but as far as, like, there are no bars. None. And the only restaurants that I can think of, there's a Denny's that I've never been to. because across the interstate. it's too scary for me to go to. It is pretty scary. There's Taco Bell that yep. I have been to. A little rundown. But it's a Taco Bell. Yeah. Let's just be honest. And there's a Burger King, but I don't actually know that I've ever seen it open. That's a good point. There's also <laughs> Subway. I'll tell you what, we're not... It's a part of... It's one of those... It's connected to a gas station, correct?
1: I think uh, it's close to one. Taco Bell is almost connected to the gas station. I... I might be remembering this wrong, but I think the subway and gas station are like. Pew, pew. I don't think they're connected. They mm-hmm. might as well be. Like, just build the awning and you're there. But like, no one wants to eat fresh before a tailgate because you all know if you eat Subway, it clears you out, and you ain't gonna clear out one of those freaking or Yeah, like Taco Bell or Denny's. Yeah. Like, what are you? What are we you doing? You ain't here? risking that. Absolutely not. But like, the downtown ballpark would just be amazing for Kansas City. They have, in my opinion. The road structure to make it happen because you can just cut off some roads because mm-hmm. you got too many down there, anyways. It's and they've already obnoxious. identified some spots where it'd be like this would be a good location. And if you can get it close to uh, one light and two light, which are the real tall, like uh, apartment buildings there that you can live in, um, that would be neat because you already have the living situation where you can see down into the ballpark, you have power and light right there. And then Westport and the plaza are just right down Main Street, like everything would just come together mm-hmm. for these baseball games. And maybe you wouldn't have to have as big of a field either so you can crank out more home runs. Like the fact that Salvador Perez yeah. has over forty three right now yep. is crazy to Kaufman.
0: Major leagues and RBIs too. Yeah,
1: it's just insane. And you can still have the big crown video board and if you have the connection to the old Kaufman with your parents, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean this is as nicely as possible. You got pictures, you got the memories, mm-hmm. buy some seats. Yeah, buy the like, seats when they tear it down. Yeah. And make space for the new arrowhead. Exactly. I, and Put a dome on Arrowhead so you can hold the damn Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I know that I Matt said it before, like, you need the hotels, you can build those. Yeah. Like, Kansas City's so damn good. And honestly, I wouldn't mind if Kansas City then took and, like, maybe built, I don't even know, because my thoughts with, like, a downtown football stadium, you can't do that because you lose the tailgating scene completely. Well, and the fan base would riot. They legitimately I, would. But I would love for there to be, like, more – Bar settings around the stadium. So if you can't go to the game because tickets are getting outrageous right now, they and really it's like, are. It would be cool to be able to go tailgate and then go in somewhere else and watch the game together. And you know what I mean? And you're still allowed to tailgate because the tailgate scene's like no other. It's just it's amazing. one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, like the guy, our guy Corey from the draft scout who writes for Matt and with you as well. It's just he what his comments on Arrowhead just kind of solidified everything that I've ever thought of it. It was like this is different. Like, yep. you're not getting this in New England. He's a Patriots fan. He's like, you're not getting any of this. Let's just keep adding to it, though.
0: Yeah. I do think one beautiful thing for us is that, I, for me in the ballpark, the, the Royals ballpark, if you want to move it downtown, like, I don't care. Because mm-hmm. I can still tailgate for a Chiefs game. Yeah. <laughs> you can't move both of them, though. I can't do that.
1: No. I mean, if you move one, tear it down, and then build a new arrowhead, put a dome on it, there it is. Yeah. I think that is something. I really too. started to think about it since your guys' last comment. I don't want to keep running on here to the end of the show. It's been a pretty decently really long episode again. What's the connection to Arrowhead? Just that it, it's loud. You, It's been there for almost ever. They're having recent success. But you're almost running out of room in amenities to, like, offer fans for yeah. ticket prices to be as high as they are right now. Like, I, You've renamed the field, G-E-H-A. They're step number one. People already butthurt about that. Just kind of keep ripping off the band-aid here and go, Coffin's going downtown, we're building a new Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to eventually love it. Just bear with us for I do think
0: bit. a lot of people would be upset if they tore down Arrowhead. And I get it for, like, reasons that I said. Like, people have memories there. Um, and I'd like
1: Arrowhead. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm just, a Chiefs fan, I was so saying, I'm so, almost like, just <laughs> asking people to, like, just let me know. Mm-hmm. Don't I, I like, feel like I'm walking on thin ice here. Yeah. But,
0: like, what success have you really had in that stadium? Two AFC championship games that just happened.
1: Yeah. And before all that, uh an AFC loss, like AFC championship game loss, that was heartbreaking. Right. And several, and I mean several playoff disappointments. Yeah. And like just absolute heartbreaking Yeah. So I why I, not build a new one that's just filled with mm-hmm. happiness and joy and success. Yeah.
0: And it, honestly, you if you build a new one, you're still in the Mahomes era. Mm-hmm. Like get this thing up as soon as you can. It's only going to take 2 years. You're going to forget about every memory you ever had in Arrowhead because <laughs> I'll tell you, I've walked into some of these nice stadiums and it is jaw dropping how beautiful they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I I have zero connection to Arrowhead on like an emotional level or go anything look at like the that.
1: Vikings new stadium and go look at the Falcons new stadium and mm-hmm. tell me that you wouldn't want something like that for Arrowhead. Right. Maybe it doesn't need to be the dome. If you still want the outside setting, I'm against that because I would love Kansas City to host the Super Bowl at some point because yeah. or hopefully even, they're um, in it.
0: You know, the noise is something that we always talk about with Arrowhead. You can build it to where it's louder. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks did it; like yeah. intentionally wanted their stadium to be loud and worked that into the architecture of it and the structure of the stadium. Yep, you can do that
1: with Arrowhead too. And if you build, a, and if you build the dome, it's going to be even louder. Yeah, I'm
0: all about building new stadiums, especially Arrowhead. Like I said, I have no ties to it or real strong connections there. Uh, I don't want to pay for it, though.
1: I'm, I,
0: exactly. If the great people of Kansas City or Buffalo decide, like, yep, take some of our taxes, we're good with that, we'll help fund the stadium. Dope. Uh, As a state? <laughs> that's a state new. I live way too far away to enjoy that thing enough to want to have to pay for it. Yep. Especially when you're a multi-billion dollar industry and can probably just build that motherfucker yourself.
1: Like, hey, NFL, you're making a lot. Mm-hmm. Throw some throw some cash that way. Yeah. <laughs> build it your damn self. Because you're going to be seeing all the revenue from it. Exactly. But all right, that's
0: it for us today, Mellow and Big Country. Going to be back with you tomorrow. Don't forget about that Manscaped twenty trimmer it's getting cool outside but it's still time to take care of your business want to trim that up want to keep it nice holidays are right around the corner yeah I like to um, I like to trim different designs it's football season right now it looks like a football but it's how many laces you got in there I've been busy so like it's (laughs) (laughs) I maybe need to touch that up a little bit but use miked up 20 for that 20% discount code off manscaped